1: You need to know exactly where your food's coming from.
3: That's the the clientele that write the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ears to the ground essentially and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that that
2: provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from but to really know the the ins and outs of
1: how it was raised Mm -hmm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Connection podcast. This is the Capital Cookbook 3 edition and my name is Stefan Posthumer. Today I speak with Jonan McDonald and Richie Pattenden from Sage Restaurant at Gorman House in Braddon. Richie's the head chef there, and Jonan is the executive chef across Sage and Akiba, and together they work on a great fine dining menu there at Sage, making use of fantastic local produce, and always having a vibrant, fresh feel involving the community as much as possible with things like taste and test, and really receiving feedback from the community in ways that a lot of other restaurants don't do. They gave us some great dishes for the Capital Cookbook 3, One of them uses Breadbow Black Garlic, which is a producer that's featured in the Capital Cookbook 3, and I really enjoyed talking to them to get an understanding of what it's like to run a fine dining kitchen and to incorporate the community in what you do. I hope that you learned something from our conversation, so please enjoy it. This is Richie Pattenden and Jonan MacDonald from Sage Restaurant at Gorman House in Bratton. Thanks for giving us these great dishes today. Yeah. I mean, as you were saying, Joan, and it's sort of a look to a bit of a new direction for Sage, moving away from some of the more technical, you know, really uh, fine elements of fine dining into a bit more natural. Yeah, style. looking at keeping the food more simplistic,
2: um, still technical, uh, but in terms of powders and foams and that's sort of steering away from that direction, the molecular side, um, and just getting really good quality produce and presenting it on the plate, yeah, keeping cool. it simple.
1: Yeah, and 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 that sort of stuff is starting to creep into menus now through taste and test and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's
2: been well received. Uh, there's, we're also looking at getting a uh, American style smoker for out in the courtyard, uh, moving forward, so we can uh, play with smoked meats, which we've been using our butcher. Um, at the moment to do for us
1: and it's been really well received yeah, so That's awesome. Richard do you want to just tell us a little bit about the risotto dish it's a really earthy dish and also makes use of some of the fantastic products we've got around Canberra
3: um, To say we like to keep everything local so we've sourced everything as we can from a short distance as possible. is very small so we need to outsource from one to two hours but You know, it's better to use the local, keep it sort of in the community, and working with winter products in Canberra, they are amazing truffles in the area, the Bredbo Black Garlic is a really good product, it's easy to source, and it's uh, better than a lot of stuff out there.
1: So they're two of the components: the local truffles and the breadbowl black garlic, and a mix of mushrooms in the a mix risotto. Mix of
3: mushrooms, which are from Mittagong, from uh, right Lee Sun. So mm-hmm. again, it's a local produce. He comes to Canberra twice a week to Epic Markets, and you know he's making mushrooms which are outstanding. Mm. And, you know,
1: a That's an interesting product. That it's a fa- I actually went to the tunnel um, and talked I, to him when we were yeah. in the Southern yeah, Islands right. making the book. And, um, yeah, it's got a fascinating history and the conditions of that tunnel just provide ideal mushroom growing conditions and he doesn't need to regulate the temperature at all, it's, Yeah, it's crazy Yeah, I mean, we've used them for quite a while here at Sage,
2: yeah. um, we, I used to use them here and it's just a great product, I'll, we go to Canberra markets, like the Epic market every Saturday um, and we really are honing in on that um, we've got a walnut supplier, the Alpine walnuts and stuff like that and um, we select different plums from a, a guy there and things, so that that
1: is one of our main outlets for mm-hmm. for produce for sage. I think it's it's cool too. Um, you know, in the context of of, of this book, I, I guess doing a cookbook like this means that the community has uh, opportunity to. Um, see what chefs are doing in their kitchens and get a bit of a behind the scenes look see how they come up with their dishes and um, the ingredients. Now you guys going to the Epic Farmers markets every Saturday morning means that these products are available to anyone. It's not something you get through a boutique supplier that's only available in the commercial side of things. Yeah exactly. exactly. That, that's
2: what we wanted to do is we wanted to put dishes in the book that um, people could source the product no problem at all um, and create the dishes at home and um, easily you know yeah. we didn't want to make it too complicated um but show
1: what we think are some of our best dishes on the menu as well yeah i think i think visiting the markets as well is awesome for you know just maintaining a relationship with your suppliers as well just constantly touching base even if you might not need any of their products just see them you see them
3: on a weekly basis say day, see if they've got anything new building a relationship with people rather than just a business side of things mm. If you look after them, they'll look after you, and there's respect throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent.
2: Across the group, we're looking at um, going out to different suppliers, out to the farms, lamb farmers, and out, even out to the abattoirs and that. Like, I took the team out to the butcher at Long Park the other day, and um, just to show them what actually happens there. And that's a big thing that we're going to um, increase on as a group is mm-hmm. um, getting not just the one restaurant, but the restaurants together, the teams, and taking them out to the farmers and so they have a lot more love and care for the food um, that they're putting on the plate, and that will come across to the customers as well.
1: Yeah, I think that that's extremely important, and I think that being a part of a restaurant group, you have so many different minds sort of working towards similar goals, like obviously the style of food at the different venues is different, but you know this, the same core philosophies there, sourcing locally good products and everyone's own experiences and the research that they do or what they might be interested in you know having a big group and a big community around you must be beneficial
2: yeah definitely beneficial and having a big team um, to bounce ideas off is, is amazing um, me and Richie work really closely together here at Sage and the same with me and Laura at Akiba um, but we're also very aware that we don't know everything and we bounce ideas off our juniors as well mm. um, asking them to come up with things and we use the public as well to for a lot of our stuff through taste and test yeah, the people's they're choice they're dumpling the akiba it's um all about the today. people telling us what they want to eat um and then we try to create Thank from that
0: yeah
1: um with with a sort of a new direction for sage uh, you know talking about having a smoker outside and being a part of um, Mint, Mint Garden Bar, and also you know that having having the the flow go from inside to outside, sort of seamlessly, is sort of what you're talking about as well. It's a place that people um, aren't intimidated to come, and not necessarily a place that you only go to on special occasions, and not food that you know only caters to people that
3: are looking for a real fine dining experience. I think you yeah. are looking for food that doesn't scare people as well something that they feel when they walk in here they could almost create it but just how do we get it so perfect and we appeal to you know hungry people rather than people coming for a special occasion stuff they're familiar with and adventure as well Mm. you know with the smoker will be something completely different to the australian market yeah, It'd be the forefronting camera of you know again something special and bring back Sage to what it's always been is, you know people want to come here and experience fine dining, but without I guess the uh, stuck up sort of uh, Have it,
2: having it approachable I guess is yeah. the,
1: is the word yeah yeah is it you, for people who don't know about how Taste and Test works. Do you want to give them an explanation? Because it's, it's something that's pretty unique, especially in Canberra. There's not many places that do this sort of thing. Yeah, so each
2: week uh, at certain periods of the year, this uh, month we're doing it uh, for the whole of July. It's Tuesday to Thursday. Uh, customers come in, they get a stamp on the table, and they get to score the dishes out of 10. They be, become the, the, the master chef judges, I guess. Um, they then... Have plus and minuses on that scorecard as well, where they write comments on uh, what they liked about the dish and what they didn't. Um, We base the score, the scoring on anything below seven um, gets scrapped. We don't even we don't do it the next night. It's not good enough to ever do again. um, Which thankfully we haven't had too many of those. Um, It's still a high standard though. That's good. It is. Yeah. I mean, we're always aiming to aiming for the top. Um, and then between 7 and 8.5 means the dish is good but it's not quite there it's not where we want to be Um, so we have to make changes to it so anything that scores in that the first night we have to make changes to try and improve the dish based on the customer's feedback Uh, and then anything above 8.5 and above is good, it's ready to go and we can't do that dish because we want to try a new dish so Mm -hmm. if it scores above 8.5 we take it off um, and then roll out a new dish so we can get as many dishes throughout the uh, four weeks as possible to the public and, and get feedback on it. That's
1: great. I think that that's really um, maybe stepping away a little bit from, in the past, uh, a chef's relationship with the public in a lot of circumstances is, well, I'm the chef and they don't really know what they're on about, the sort of thing like I've worked in kitchens before where if someone you know gives a, a slight criticism or makes a comment about, you know flavor or seasoning or a component or whether or not it's well cooked or undercooked or overcooked or whatever it is you know you give that feedback to the chef and and it's they're pretty quick to dis- they can be quick to dismiss sometimes so embracing public feedback is something unique and i think that that's really important for progression because i mean they're the people that you're feeding they're the people that decide whether or not it's good it's fine if you think it's good but you know it's a matter of What happens when it gets
3: out to the floor? That's one of the most interesting things is sometimes the dishes that we love and we think are going to be great actually don't score as well because our tastes are very particular compared to the public as a general whole Mm. and sometimes not everybody wants to eat something and we're quite surprised that you know we thought something would be like a 10 out of 10 and it's you know down at 8.5 or something like that because the public don't actually want to, you know, don't find it as interesting, or they, you know, whatever their comments are on the dish. So we have to work without an ego, I guess, with this whole process because you can't get hurt by someone's comment because not everyone's the same, and we're trying to find a general, average, which is quite, you know, high in our own standard. That's good.
2: Yeah, it can be very, very challenging as a as a chef. Um, as you said Mm. to not have that reaction as you're reading the comments and the scores it can um, get a bit hurtful but at the same time you've got to take that emotion away from it and just go okay well what's the purpose of this to cook what people love
3: Mm. Um,
2: and it it pushes us as a chef or both of us as chefs and the team each day to to create um, something that people love exactly yeah
1: Yeah, and I think you know, the, the special thing about it is that, you know, putting that stamp on the table and saying to the people, this is where your feedback lies right here, you know, and it's coming straight to us. You, you don't have to go away from this and, and write a review on TripAdvisor. You don't have to do this anonymously. We, we want your feedback. So people are willing to give it. I think, you know, some people are willing to write reviews online or whatever may happen. But... um a lot of people like myself included, it's like I'm not, I'm not the type of person who writes reviews online. I might have critique of, of a dish, of food, or whatever, but I kind of just keep it to myself. And I either, you know, don't go to that place if I didn't enjoy the meal, which is, you know, rare depending on where you're eating. But, you know, when there's an avenue there that it's like we want your feedback, then you, f- you feel as a customer like you're valued as a customer. Yeah, we definitely value.
2: Everyone that walks through our door. The main philosophy of our company is that nobody leaves unsatisfied. Yeah. Um. That's not saying that they're going to love every dish that we do. Um. Obviously, with taste and test, we're trying that, and and our menus, we try to create food that people love. Um. But we will go above and beyond to make sure that people walk away happy from
1: here, and we'll do what whatever it takes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um. And you guys, in terms of you know deciding on the menu or deciding on what goes on for taste and test is a collaboration between you two you have bounce ideas off one another to come up with menu ideas yeah definitely
2: like we just before this we are just sitting down yeah.
1: going through next week's what we're going to
2: do um, we threw some dishes on last night on Thursday or well, Thursday uh, that we are just one night, so they'll roll into Tuesday next week, um, and we're just talking about how we can improve on those. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a collaboration, an equal mix, um, a lot of Richie's food um, and my food. Um, we've got a different style, um, but we seem to be coming together really well um, and using different components from both of our food,
1: uh, both of our dishes and, and creating something special. Yeah, great. Do um when you when you get when you get a solid dish out of taste and test is it, does, does that then make it to make it to the Friday Saturday menu is that how it works?
2: Yeah
3: sorry yeah, I think it's it's for the future at the moment we have a menu that we're running and we're just building in some research just a pile of an armory of dishes almost you know that are near perfect or for the public's eyes to enjoy and then when taste and test is over we'll go through it because. There's probably more than one menu out of it. Yeah, of course, yeah. And then we've also got to think seasonality, how much will change in the next month or two, and we'll keep what we can and get the the best dishes out and integrate them in the coming weeks and months.
1: Yeah.
2: We try to do taste and test a couple of times throughout the year for that reason. Um, Obviously, we're in winter now, so there's a lot of earthy um, and big flavours, warming, Comfort food, mm. um, and then we'll do it later on in the year where we go to the markets, and there's a whole lot of different produce that we can play with, and then so we get an um, idea of what people want in, in, in different seasons as well.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, Richie, anything else you want to talk about? Um, you know, menu-wise, or any any ideas for the new direction of Sage,
3: sort of coming later in 2016? Um, what's exciting? Yeah, um, It's a good adventure to be on, so I've taken over here, I've been here eight weeks, and it's a big learning process and working with Jonah to make this place great. You know, It's a great opportunity for being young, Chef getting in here and yeah. building a team and I think just looking forward to the future more and yeah. don't want to say too much until yeah, cool. we, you know, we've got it all right.
1: For sure. Know. And you were saying you were going to, you know, yeah. With a with a less fine dining atmosphere, you have a bit bit more of an emphasis on lunch and stuff as well. Yeah,
2: we're definitely pushing towards uh, a lunchtime trade
1: yeah. here um, in
2: more accessible style. We're looking at rolling out a forty dollar uh, lunch menu, two course, including wine, um, <laughs> for for the style of food we do. Um, just simplifying it um, and doing stuff for lunch. Uh, they'll get a choice of entree, main, or main dessert yep. um, with it. That's great. I love that
1: sort of thing, um, Jonah. Is there is there anything that you want
2: to
1: you know touch on about the company as a whole? I think like what I what I mentioned to you earlier, and I think something that's unique is how much interaction you have with the community and the people, and you know, Akiba being voted People's Choice and doing taste and test and doing the people's dumpling and all that sort of thing. That's a, It's a very it's a very unique thing and it's a great way to sort of engage with the community and make, as, as we talked about before, the customers feel valued. Is there anything you want to talk about just as the company as a whole, what you try to do in that yeah, space? Yeah, I
2: mean, I guess that is our biggest value is the customers. That's why we do what we do. Um, they support us um, and pay our paychecks. So we always look towards them for inspiration on stuff. Um, as a company, the, um, Pete and Mike Harrington, that's that's their goal that they're always pushing towards us, is, is this what the people want? Um, a keyboard was opened in that those eyes. We want food for the people, um, not just for foodies and not just for business people or whatever. Um, across the board, food that's going to appeal to everyone, um, mm. and that's what we're going for as a
1: group. Yeah, that's great. And I think that in, in Canberra, people are so into food like people are educated about food they've got the money to pay for good food and you know with things like taste and test and whatever you've got an educated public who you might you might look at some of the comments on, on the table and go gee I didn't think of that what a good idea that is because you know that's the type of people that live around yeah definitely yeah alright guys we'll leave it there thanks so much for um, talking to us thanks for the great dishes once again and the company as a whole's participation in, in the in the last couple of capital cookbooks it's great No problem. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to my chat with Jonan and Richie from Sage Restaurant at Gorman House in Braddon. If you want to find out more about them or make a booking, you can visit their website, sagerestaurant.net.au. If you want more of these podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and on Stitcher. Just search the QuickSand Food Connection. And you can also find them on our website, quicksandfood.com. All the Capital Cookbook three ones are available there for free. If you want to keep up to date with what we've got going on, you can find us on social media at Food on Facebook and on Instagram. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you again next time.